0: Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, please be seated. Are you enjoying our morning snow? <laughs> <laughs> we like our snow in liquid form. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, some people might say it's raining outside, but for me, that's just snow in liquid form. I really love snow. I really love snow. I hope you were careful this morning heading out. I had a little bit of ice and of some slushy stuff uh, when I came out this morning. A uh, wonderful message. You're supposed to do that by the way, right? You're supposed to say some things or kind of just throw away things, right? That get people's ears kind of in tune with your voice. So that's all that business is about the about the weather, right? It's not do, <laughs> free of charge. Free of charge. So our reading for this morning from, from the Gospel of Paul, um, The thing that struck me in that is they go searching for, him and they say to them, everyone is looking for you. Everyone is looking for you. What a great thing, right? To be looking for the Lord. What a great thing. (laughs) And I think it's a question for us. You know, are we we doing that? And a question of why? Are you doing it? And what's the reason? What's the motivation? When I was thinking about this, I was reminded of this story. It's about, (laughs) of course. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to run to the story about this very wealthy Texan. At the time, probably one of the richest men in Texas. He owned thousands of acres of prime land, very productive, valuable land, thousands and thousands of acres. On that, he had hundreds of oil-producing wells, probably part of the reason why he was so wealthy. Thousands of acres of great land, hundreds of oil-producing wells thousands of head of cattle, and lived in this 20, 30-room mansion on this big piece of land. Beautiful landscaping and a wonderful pool out back. And to top it all off, he had a beautiful young daughter. Beautiful young daughter. And she had come of age where, you know, somebody might start courting her. And he thought it would be a wonderful thing for him to invite all the eligible young men of the county to his home, to meet his beautiful young daughter. And so this party was going on. He invited all these young men. This party's going on. It's great. And at one point, he calls everybody to the backyard where the pool is and invites all the young men to stand around the pool. He had filled that pool with snakes and alligators, (laughs) and he made them an offer. He said, the first young man who can swim across this pool, you have your choice of three things. Your first choice is a 1,000 acres of my wonderful land. 1,000 acres of your choice is yours. If you make it across, that's yours. The other option is, well, if you make it across, I'll give you a million dollars. The third choice is that I will give you my permission to court my daughter. That you can begin to pursue her as your wife. And right after he says that, there's this loud splashing noise. A loud splash in the pool. And there's this young man, it must have been a new Olympic record, he made it across that pool faster than anybody's ever done it before. Kind of makes sense, you know, with the snakes and the alligators. And he gets out of the pool and and the the, the Texan is just, he's just amazed the courage of that young man and his desire to, to win one of these prizes. And so he, he goes up to the young man, young yeah, man, that was amazing. So, so, so what is it you want? Do you, you want the thousand acres of prime land? The young man says, no. So um, you, you must then, you, you want the million dollars, right? He goes, no, I don't want that either. So, oh, I know, my beautiful daughter, and you want the chance to, to court her, and I, I, I will give you my permission. He goes, no, I don't want that either. He goes, well, what do you want? Because oh, I wanna know who pushed me in the pool. <laughs> so you saw that coming. <laughs> who pushed me in the pool? It's been a very long day for Jesus. You go back to last week, the reading he was in the synagogue. Remember that story from just last week? He goes into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. This is a recap of last week. He goes into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And he's teaching. And they're amazed at the authority of, of his teaching. Then a man with an unclean spirit, which I really love that. You can translate that. Unclean spirit, unclean is bad, spirit is breath. A man with bad breath shows up in church. <laughs> we like everybody to have heavenly breath. Yeah, this man with an unclean spirit shows up and Jesus casts out the demon, right? Well, that's just the first of the day. That's only the beginning. Right? He's got a long day at church. Done a lot of good work there. A lot of people want an afternoon nap after that. Anybody planning on that? Afternoon nap. But after the afternoon nap, he gets invited over to a parishioner's house for lunch. <laughs> Sound familiar? And going out for lunch. So they're going to go to Simon Peter's house. And, you know, James and John, the tag alongs, they're going too. And they're expecting that they're going to go there and probably have some hospitality. But, but they get there and there's a little snafu, there's a little problem. Simon Peter's mother in law has not gotten the <laughs> snack tray together. <laughs> there's no lunch ready because she's not well. She's not well. And Jesus goes in and lifts her up and the fever leaves her and she... I mean, it sounds, it sounds to our ears. It sounds terrible, doesn't it? Poor lady was just sick and they got to go get her out of bed and cure her because <laughs> Peter doesn't know how to make some sandwiches. <laughs> sounds terrible, right? And these are the people that Jesus is going to get the church to go out and like <laughs> save the world. You can't make your own sandwich. It's terrible. But he raises her up, and she's healed. And you know, after he had talked with authority in the synagogue, after he had cast out the demons, and now he cures Simon Peter's mother. When the sun goes down, and it's no longer the Sabbath, because these are good God-fearing people, and you wouldn't dare do this on the Sabbath, but they've already heard about what this guy can do. And so they wait until the very first moment they can do this, which is when the sun goes down and it's no longer the Sabbath day, they are at Peter's front door, in mass, with every sick and dying and demon-possessed person they can bring. There are masses of people there. (laughs) He heals them. He had just had a long day at church and then had dinner at a prisoner's house where he still had to do more ministry. And just when you think the day might be over, you can, like, take your toga off, put your tie-dye on, and just be yourself. Many, many more people come. And he heals this multitude of people. And then what does he do? When it's still dark out, he sneaks away. <laughs> he sneaks away. Do you ever do that? Did you ever do that? Did you ever take time away from your ministry? Not just the things that you might do in and for the church, but all the things that you do. Because all those things are ministry. Everything you do. Did you ever take time away from all that? That's enough? Take your time away. Jesus does. He goes and he finds this secluded place. He's by himself. He's praying. He's praying. We know what prayer is, right? Being with God. Sometimes you use words. Sometimes you're just there. And Peter and the other guys, they come and they find him. And they go, oh good, good that we found you. Because you know what? Everybody's looking for you. Everybody's looking. Are they looking for him because they want to be present with him and spend time with him, or do they want something from him? Think about that. Because he doesn't go back. He doesn't go back. It's not that he doesn't care about those who still need his healing touch. It's not that. Not that at all. What's the motivation for them seeking him out? remember um, James and, and John remember they come to Jesus one day and they say Jesus one you know you, when you come into the Jesus administration and you need somebody to serve as ambassador in Egypt and somebody else to be Secretary of State how let you choose us Matthew has it that you know James and John they don't do it themselves they sent their mother to do it <laughs> oh send their mother to do it So I'm wondering about this. Everyone is looking for you. Do they want to bring him back? Because it makes them look good? Do more of those things that we can be associated with? Are they doing that? Can a good thing become a sin? Can a good thing become a sin? You know, we pray this morning about freeing us from the bondage of our sins. Can a good thing become something not a good thing? It can't. It can. Uh, There's a story of an angel that left heaven carrying a bucket of water and a torch. And people were curious about this, so they asked the angel Hey, angel from heaven, what are you doing with that torch and that bucket of water? The angel said, with a bucket of water, we're going to put out the fires of hell. The torch are going to burn down the mansions of heaven. And then we'll find out who truly loves God. I think some people are motivated by wanting to find Jesus because there is a fear of punishment if they don't. Or they want to find Jesus because of the things that Jesus can do for them or for others. Let's get Jesus to come back here and heal some more people. Those are good things. But when those become the things you desire above all things, they become bad. They become bad things. St. Augustine. St. Augustine said, there is no greater romance than to love God. There is no greater romance than to love God. There is no greater adventure than to seek God. And there is no greater human achievement than to find God. (coughs) Nothing is greater than that. Nothing. Not all the healing and raising of the dead and casting out demons is above seeking the one good thing, which is God alone. Jesus knows that. He knows that people are attracted to what he can do for them, and he can do very good things. But he also tells us that it's important for us to keep things in proper order. It's good to desire to make the world well. It's good that we try to clothe the naked and house the homeless and and feed the hungry and heal the sick. It's good that we try to do those things. But there's something even greater than that. Spend time with God, the source of all good things. And to seek the one good thing, the one good thing, the thing that is good above all things, the things that will keep us where we need to be at all times. To seek the one good thing is to seek God above.